Welcome to the Lush Hearts Blossoming Podcast. I know what it is to suffer. I know what it is to want more in your life. Let this podcast be a tool and a resource for you to create the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Ashen Wolf. I am an extrasensory coach, completion process, and parts work facilitator, and shaman. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a vet rose. I am so honored to have her. She is an author. She is a life coach. She is a trauma release practitioner. She has been to over 43 different countries teaching seminars worldwide, and she helps people deal with their trauma. And we are going to be talking about the different series books that she has written today, Metaphysical Anatomy, Volume 1 and 2. She is also the creator of the Metaphysical anatomy healing technique and you can check her out on metaphysical anatomy matt at eventrose.com and as well we're going to be talking about her new series which i am so excited for unfuck your life series that is a 10 book series it is so much fun and i can't wait to hear from yvette how it all happened thank you so much for joining us yvette i am so excited and thank you for being here with us today and inviting me and for that beautiful opening i feel so loved and welcome you are so so loved the world loves you and we are so honored to have you here and hear so much about the the inner workings of your creations okay so let's start with metaphysical anatomy volume one and two how did that happen honestly this book like completely shocks me and like i'm just dumbfounded by it because i go into you know someone in my life or me will be having something going on physically and we'll go to the emotional causes and we'll be like how did she figure this out for this like list of different ailments so i want to know what was going on in your life at that time how did you know that these channelings were going to come through you i want to hear how it all happened oh my god this is awesome so this is actually quite a story because i kid you not if you had to tell me yvette in 15 years my, like my younger self that you will be an author you'll be a speaker you'll be doing coaching and personal development seminars i think i would have had a heart attack right because i was raised very very strict Christian. And so, you know, in that religious views, you know, people who, who are psychic, who can see you're the devil, you're the devil's child. And so oh, all these yeah. abilities that I had that was just already there as a child, I was like, oh, I will go to hell for this. Maybe God made a mistake to make me. So there was all this conflict, terrible conflict in me about, well, here's the people of my parents that I'm supposed to, to follow and, and who's supposed to mentor me. And it's going in the opposite direction of what I feel is true to me. So that was a bit of a conundrum. That was a very stressful period for me in my life. But as I grew up, I think, and, and the best way to say this, my dad was, you know, he was a very emotionally uh, a stressful person. He was a medically diagnosed sociopath. So he was a very, very challenging person to live with, very challenging to understand and violent as well. So I think you kind of get to a point where you probably beat it the fear out of me, you know? So you get to a point where you either just go absolutely numb and traumatized or you become resilient. And I think I became all of that, you know? So I got to a point where I pushed back. I pushed back and I left the house really super early. And I wanted to become a crime scene investigator. I wanted to become a defense lawyer. Like 
like that was my inner child that was like I need to find the evidence and and do everything that I can to put all the wrongs right but I wanted to do it for other people because my self-worth couldn't receive that for me so I almost ended up on a life purpose where I would have been in service of helping other people but then long story short when I was 19 I was just starting the studies of these these courses and I was in a hospital I'm one of my friends was in a terrible car accident four o'clock in the morning and we were cold and you know so we all pulled money together to help him because he it was just 100 meters away from his house and we were in a hospital and there was this guy in a wheelchair being pushed in who came in from the emergency side and there were like already four people in this room this is the government's hospital south africa right so just just it, it's pretty bad looks like a crime scene in itself and this guy just he's he looked at me actually he, he they rolled the guy on the wheelchair just into the room not necessarily deliberately in front of me but just just rolled him in and he looked me in the eye and I could see this guy was not going to make it and I think a second later his head tilted back and he was gone and I sat there and I'm like oh my god I don't think I can do this it was a reality check for me to say listen what if your pain is driving what you want to do in your life because this is the reality of what you're going to have to face you will deal with this on a daily basis and that's when I realized at that age before any healing work before anything started for me where I just it clicked for me and I gave up the studies and I said I need to pause I need to reevaluate this because this is real you know this is not just an angry teenager who wants to you know correct her past and help other people fight the battle and I think it was healthy for me I'm glad that happened not because the guy you know what happened to him but that the situation was set up in a way to open up my eyes and that awakening that was an awakening where I realized I need to search deeper and so quickly moved to Australia you know had a corporate job I absolutely hated it I became my dad you know I, I was drinking I was smoking like him I couldn't cope with the work stress I made myself indispensable so the company couldn't fire me they loved me I had three people's jobs I didn't have a life anxiety depression all my childhood trauma just came up and bubbled up in these toxic ways through a toxic relationship as well it was of course violent because it reflected my my safety definition which was abuse right so and I ended up with a partner that was very toxic and it just one day I just woke up and I'm like this is it I, I can't live like this this is not a life worth living what am I waking up for what exactly am I going to do is this is this what it's going to look like you know you work you get yelled and screamed that you have to clean you have to do all these things and I had a good life I mean I, I lived in a luxurious property which I paid 50% off, you know, so I, I was already at a young age doing really well. Because my, my anger to my dad who told me you will achieve nothing was driving that. I'm like, I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you, right? So it was all this anger that was driving my success. But in order to keep the success, I had to keep the anger. And the anger was killing me. It was absolutely destroying me. Long story short, so I came to a point where I, when I was about 23, and I said, this is it. So I actually attempted suicide. I waited for my partner to leave to go, you know, to the work. And I Googled how to, you know, know, two shots of vodka already. I have the cigarette here in my mouth. I still had like these long, you know, acrylic nails. And I'm like typing there on that Dell computer. I'm like, how do you live your life painlessly as possible? But then I sat there and this was when I started to see little stars. I don't know if you've ever had that happen to you. It's like little, like your eyes are open. It's not closed, but like these little 
tiny little flashes and I'm seeing these little stars and I, and I close my eyes and they're still there and I open them and they're still there. And then I had I see, this, this, I, I can't, this tell, I can't things, explain actually. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's my guides, but I didn't know that at the time. Okay. I didn't know it at the time. I haven't fully met them like that. Like I'm, I'm telling you, this was an intervention and I just felt this message. I had this goosebumps and this rush coming through me. And the message was, you're Googling the wrong question. And it was so clear. And I felt I need to Google how to be happy. <laughs> and I did. And then it's crystals and it's Doreen Virtue and it's Neil Donald Walsh. Because so Neil Donald Walsh, this guy was the beginning, the pivotal God of the beginning of my full proper awakening, right? His books, everything. It was just, wow. I love this man. And so long story short, three months into this, and I, and I took it seriously because my, at that point I was an atheist because I I was like, I don't know if, if anyone has read my autobiography will know how I felt about religion at that point. And so I, I, as an atheist, I'm like, well, I don't have a better answer. So who am I to be so arrogant to reject this? You know? So my ego had to just like, I'm like, okay, we're going to push you aside for now because you don't have a solution and whatever you're doing is not working. So I'm not going to listen to you right now. And it's like, I had a split duality. Like I felt like I was, I was living two lives with this ego that I was like carrying with me and the baggage of it and then the part of me that was spiritually just blooming and I love this work so much that I quit my job I left this guy I packed two suitcases I said to him keep the house keep the car keep everything I had ten thousand dollars in my bank account and I moved I left and I met the business partner and we teamed up and we started a business. I said, Hey, I've been working on this, you know, modality that I worked that ended up for myself. And, and we made a few videos and we started teaching it together and it went viral. It went viral on YouTube. And then we were booked out solid for a year overseas, just traveling and teaching. And that's where things opened up. So this technique was basically birthed from that and observing, you know, working with people and seeing patterns. And I'm like, wow, how can someone from Canada, that has arthritis and someone in Australia that has arthritis on the left hand have the exact same trauma triggers. Like, I'm like, this is nuts. Yeah. But then I started to write the metaphysical anatomy book, which is what you also asked about. And believe it or not, that book was almost not published. It was almost not published because my, my ex-husband at the time said directly to me, you're stupid for thinking. And I'm going to actually publicly say this because a lot of people don't understand the fight that I had with this. And I'm sharing this not to condemn. I'm sharing this to share the power of don't listen to people. Because if I listened, I would not have helped all these people. I would have not reached the audience that I did, right? And, and he said, like, you're stupid for thinking that people's going to believe this. And secondly, there are other books out there like this. You're going to stand out from all of that. And then I'm yeah. like... And I looked at everyone's books and I'm like, what do they have that is not being talked about? And I'm like, patterns, patterns, emotional patterns, self-sabotage, ancestors, emotions, yes. right? A lot of books just talks about how the person feels, but that's great. But if you want to tell me if you feel rejected, then every time someone's going to have a heart problem, no, there has to be a pattern that locks it in place. And I'm a pattern woman. I love patterns. I watch people. I look for algorithms, you know? So this is where I look to see where, how does it work? And this is the same thing that happened with, with this book for kids. I'm like, 
there are some psychosomatic books out children i forgot to mention that word yes no that's all right because this one what's cool about this one this is the first book in the world that has been written for psych for kids based on ancestral patterns and trauma the predispositions because children when they come into this world and they have an ailment or a psychological problem at the age of three well, sorry, you can't necessarily blame emotional patterns for that. Something else happened that predisposed them and made them oversensitive to certain emotional, vibrational circumstances, right? So that's what I wrote about. What was the mother doing when she was pregnant? What was she perhaps feeling? What was the, the, the grandparents perhaps feeling? Because every third generation, things come up to be resolved. That's evolution. And so that's how it all just came together. And, and I wrote the book and oh, I was, I was nervous to publish it because of all these bad things that were being said to me. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like, this was huge for me. I think it took me a month before I published the book. And I eventually just hit that publish button and I'm like, this is it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And it went wild. And I'm self-published and it's now being sold in over 80 countries worldwide. I personally self, you know, funded the translations into four different languages. And I'll start working probably with other people to translate it a little bit more because my biggest concern was the intellectual property being changed because publishers, you know, they have no idea who you are, what your history is, what you hear and see and how you interpret it. And then they come from no experience and then changing your message. And I'm just like, no, we're not going to take a step back. We're going to stay exactly where we are. Even if we have to struggle to do that, we're going to do that. So in short, that's how the book started. The technique you probably also asked about, that is a whole different shenanigan. Oh my goodness. So I had had this technique that I was working on. I had two. And so metaphysical anatomy technique is more my that is the one that I'm kind of like, this is my baby, you know, this is the one that I love. <laughs> and what happened was with that, I, I, because of the past that I had with rape and sexual trauma and sexual abuse, I went into a practitioner's office and I said, I would like to address this thing with my dad and, you know, the grandparents and everything that happened. Oh my God. And she, I didn't know that the method causes you to relive the trauma. I wasn't, I, and it's probably my mistake. You know, you should do a bit of homework before you just go. I just heard this thing. I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And people said really cool things about her. So I thought, all right, so let's go do this. Right. And I'm like, okay. And I feel all these emotions. And then suddenly I felt, you know, the sweat, my body started shaking and I, it got so bad that I actually had foam starting to formulate in my mouth. And I was like reliving this trauma. And she got triggered by seeing my reaction. And then she couldn't get me out of it. And I just, I left. I, I basically just ran out there. I left and I went back to the house and I called a friend and I said to her, I'm not in a good space right now. And I remember I was shaking when I was holding the phone and I said, I'm going to read steps to you and I need you to read it back to me. Okay. And so she did everything and she talked me through my own process because I was so triggered at that point. And I could feel my body just completing a cycle, which is a trauma cycle because the trauma was activated. And this helped me to just ground and for the body to come back into, you know, regulating the trauma and the stress and coming back to a place of safety. And that was the moment when I realized I have to share this. 
This is not just an event therapy. This is something that if it can help me so tremendously, I, I think I underestimated the power of it, you know, because my, my self-esteem wasn't that great at that point yet because of just all the bashing with the book and, you know, the, you can't, blah, 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 all this, you know, bullying. And oh my goodness, what a revelation, what a breakthrough. As bad as it was, it was just as good because the technique was designed. So you don't have to remember memories because sometimes when we recall memories at least five times, 50% of the time, you know, it starts to become a little bit jumbled and the accuracy declines because of the way that we also store memories depending on how we feel at time, right? So every time when you recall a memory and you feel a certain way, when you go back and you, you know, you move on to the next topic, a lot of your emotional states in that moment actually gets connected connected and, and like latched on to that memory. That's why a lot of the times memories, every time when we recall them, they actually get stored back with different emotions, thoughts, and feelings. So the more you recall something, the more actually inaccurate it can become. So I'm very conscious of that. Yes, we work with memories. We tap into them because they are important. But I can't tell you how many people I've helped that worked on something that never happened. And they spent thousands and thousands. How, 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 do, you, how do you address that out of curiosity? Or that is a great question. If the issue doesn't clear, <laughs> that's the first warning sign. That Absolutely, that's the first warning sign. If it doesn't clear, you know that you either have massive self-sabotage or a lot of people identify with the trauma so much that it's my identity. I can't have an identity death right now, but it's not an identity death. It's an identity transition, right? So this is where people have, you know, that fear of change. And normally it's because we have trauma associated with change. So of course, the very thing that we need to evolve and, and heal is the very thing that we fight against. So we need to befriend change a little bit first, right? <laughs> in a graceful way, in a very graceful way. And so, and, and another part also where people have this issue and this challenge of, you know, where they may be working on something that never happened is if you work with a practitioner and the practitioner was kind of in, like suggesting, well, what if that happened if you feel like this? Maybe this happened. Do you think? And just these suggestions can bring up memories unrelated, but several different memories that can at the end of the day be plugged together. So what you people often feel feel is they feel the trauma, but the memory actually feels very distant. Now it can also feel distant because maybe it's so deeply ingrained, like a, like an explicit memory that's now becoming, you know, open and we can actually now really connect to it. Explicit means that it's a memory that's triggered through the visceral system and biochemically through the body, but you can cognitively go, oh, that's what it is. So the thing is, for me, the biggest point is to look at what if you've been working on again and again and again and eradicate and just do the checklist and see what the possibilities are of that. They are a little bit harder to spot. They are a little bit tough. Yeah, it's a bit challenging. So, so what does it take to heal trauma is my question for you here. What does it take? Yeah. What does it take? Like, like when, when the trauma is in your body and in your system and your emotions, how do we actually, like, what do we actually need to do to, to work with that and to process that? What is like your number one, like, this is what you have to be doing. Firstly, don't fear it. Don't fear it. Okay. Don't, don't fear how you feel. 
Yeah. Because when we have trauma coming up, it's it's hard to not feel a little bit panic or stress because firstly, we don't understand always the magnitude of why we feel the way that we do or how we feel because and then it triggers subconsciously loss of control. And when the body feels a sense of loss of control, because remember, we have a split, split duality. We have the soul and then we have the consciousness of the body. It's a split duality that has to kind of like, it's like a, it's like a husband and wife. They have to marry each other and somehow figure out how do we do this dance of life, right? Because can have a split duality we need to come together at some point if we're going to live a fulfilled life and this is the problem this is where the soul is like okay i know what i need to do this is how we're going to do this and the body's like oh i'm scared now because i feel out of control because the biology of the body's biggest fear is to lose control because it's one step because it registers biologically i am now one step away from potentially dying it actually triggers a fear of dying um response And it's not that we're actually going to, but yes. the body is all about survival. It doesn't yes. care about anything else. The soul is a bit more like the philosophical one. And, you know, but the body is like the one that's rationalizing everything and overthinking everything. I don't want to go back there again. Like that's not know, happening. Right? That's dangerous. It's intense. And the reason for that also is because our reptilian brain, when you look at the evolution of the brain, developed first. That's why it always takes the, the um, what's the English word that I'm looking for? That's why it always takes first place, basically, when it comes to emotions or feelings. We don't realize how much we actually live on our instinctive responses. We just don't always feel it. Right? Because sometimes there's an emotional threat, so we don't feel the instinctive responses actually coming forward first. So the thing with that now is, first of all, is don't fear it. And if you do, just know that the fear is there because the body is trying to protect it. That's all that it's doing. And love the body in that moment. Like, thank you for protecting me. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for, you know, using all the resources that you can possibly have to actually guide me through this right now. Because fear induces more fear because we don't know what we're supposed to fear. And that's where it normally spirals. That's where it spirals, right? So we need to just understand that. Let's put on the brakes. Yeah. It's okay to feel scared. Once we've acknowledged that, it's important to look at where's the emotions in the body, where's the trauma sitting in the body. And people can do this simply by using your imagination, have fun with it. Because when you look at who's the most psychic, it's kids. Why? Because they have fun, right? They don't have this rigidity and, you know, need to control what they see and sense that everything just runs through them like this clear channel. And that's why we have to learn to play again when it comes to our intuition. And I talk a lot about this in my spirit guide workshop because I love, I mean, I didn't write these books on my own. I'm sorry, guys. I have to give these guys credit because this was you not just all some me. Credit. <laughs> This was not all me because there's some elements in here that I didn't have clients for. And so what I did was I would find people on YouTube who had these diseases and ailments and I will watch them in interviews, talk about it, and I will read them. And yeah, and the guys will just be like, okay, tuck, 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 tuck. I'm like, okay, all right. And you know what? There were a lot of people who had these elements because they were so rare that actually reached out to me and they go like, Yvette, how did you know this? Did you actually work with someone who had like, how can you know these patterns? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, these guys are awesome. I'm like, okay, this is where I can't take the credit because it's incredible. That's how it happened. So you actually watched people with these ailments and then that's how the channeling kind of came through and your guides were speaking to you on it. So you're like literally studying the, energetic properties and emotional properties of these ailments in people that's incredible wow so that's basically how that happened so 20 percent, at least 20 percent of these books are are from people that i looked 
through interviews who talked about their elements and, you know, their, their states. And it was just unbelievable what I would just see. I would just look at the person. I wouldn't even hear what they're saying. I'm just looking at them and I'm watching their body language and I'm just connecting to the body. And like, now I'm going to interview you. I know you're, I know the other person's mouth is doing this, but I'm, I'm still not talking to the biology of the body. I'm like, tell me what's your story. Tell me, tell me what led up to this. Tell me what, what were the trigger points? And it was incredible. It was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, I, 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 I still sometimes feel baffled by it myself, but it actually worked. The guides were just like this, 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 that. And I, and I captured it. So yeah. you're able to connect with the physical body itself, how it was able to emotionally store in these ways and manifest in these ways. That's incredible. Wow. And the beautiful thing about the body is that it communicates. It loves to talk to you. It communicates. It loves to, to feel heard and to feel seen because that's the thing that it is experiencing the least because we're living our lives. We don't really focus on what the body is saying because if everything's going great, we'll even listen even less. But when things are going wrong, sometimes we bash the body. We think, oh, you're doing something wrong. You're failing me. You know, what's wrong with you? And yeah, we punish it. But the body is, you know, it's like this, this consciousness on its own that needs awareness. It needs connection. It needs communication because the soul and, you know, a big part of the other part of the biology of the body is driving our health, like our ability to make decisions and all these things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting how it all works. But just to come back to your other question as well about, you know, trauma and how do we kind of like recognize that? The first thing that I love to do or when I feel really super stressed, is I in that moment is I look is there someone that can support me immediately and secondly I also look is there any solution that I can find to this problem right now because if we don't have these two an event can actually become traumatic again right because we don't have a compassionate witness we don't have someone that can hold the space or we don't have a solution or something that can soothe us in this moment it is a state of unresourcefulness that actually can cause you to spiral so when we feel stressed I love to have my spiritual toolbox, right? I love to have something that I can dive into that I know can soothe me and support me at that time, whether it's a crystal, whether it's a specific music, piece of music, whether it's someone that I can call, whether it's a, a picture that reminds me of a powerful time in my life. Like I actually have this and it's very powerful for me because this is creating a feeling of resourcefulness that I'm going to be okay. I know that I can handle this and I do that just to get a grip on my myself right just to get grounded and then when you can think clearly then you can take the next steps and you can maybe now move to uh, a technique or something or breath work that can help you to just kind of like release that last little bit of adrenaline or cortisol or whatever it is that was triggered and another thing also is if something was triggered that happened in the past I love to look around me and just touch things around me and I tell myself what I'm feeling right now is no longer real that threat, I don't see it in my environment. I am okay right now. And that's another point that I also do that really, really helps me personally a lot. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It, it, it's incredible, honestly, just after reading your books and like touching them physically for the first time and scrolling through them and being like, oh my God, I had like all of these emotional causes, all of this, all of this. I started getting back memories from conception, from ancestral trauma. And it just oh. started all flooding back because I had been working with my trauma before that. But then I was like, but there's more here. <laughs> there's more here. And it's not just from this lifetime. And, it, you know, there's so much more to it than 
just what we think trauma is, right? That is very true. And those memories that you're also feeling, that's also a big part of the soul's consciousness, but you're also having memories of the body's consciousness that's coming from your ancestors, right? This is kind of like where it all splits, but it also all comes back together all at the same time. We have to be stored, I call it the memory pockets, in different areas of life as well. Absolutely. And I mean, dimensions, we, we can think that it's just us here, right? So there's there's a huge, huge world out there and the, the times that's running linear and, and connecting to other pockets as well is tremendous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. curious. So what is the benefit across your lineage of doing this work on ancestral trauma? Are we meant to be transmuting it for them? Does this affect living relatives? Is this going to affect things on like a greater scale? What's what, what do you think about that? This is a great question. And my answer to that is remember we're having a human experience. Yeah. We or I see a lot of people make mistakes where they're so focused on, I want to become enlightened, the soul cleanse the soul. You know, it's all energy work. It's all about spirit, like the spirit in itself. And I'm like, guys, what about the body? The reason why you feel emotions is because of the body. On the soul, we don't have anger and sadness and depression and all these, you know, hormones and ego. We don't have that. I'm like, when your body passes away, you'll go back to that. So why try to create something that you already are connected to? You know, it baffled me. And then I, and, and my teachings, normally what I love to share is why don't we connect to the body? Why don't we look at why do we feel bad in the body? Why do we feel upset or depressed? Correct it in the biology of the body so that it can be in harmony with what the soul is also feeling. Because we are expressing a lot of trauma from our childhood, from our ancestors. But here's what our mission is. And this is the mission for everyone. We have many purposes and many missions. But one of them is to find possible gentle ways. And I'm not saying dedicate your life to it. No, live your life. This is just an aspect of it, right? Because people can get obsessed. And I have as well. And I had to put the brakes on. I'm like, I need to get my life back because I can't heal every day. You know, it's like everything has to be in balance. And what a big part of our job is to find solutions, to find resilience in the face of certain traumas that has been, you know, inherited or maybe came forward in our life. Why? Because we transfer those solutions to our future generations. That is why. Yeah, that's why. And then, and then these patterns stops from repeating itself. Why? Because the solution is memorized in the biology and it's passed down. That is called evolution. That is why you see animals and people, you know, as they evolve, they evolve based on what the inherited solutions are and what the inherited trauma points are where I, I did not find a solution. So this is going to continue to be problematic until we find a solution. And now we need to pass the ball so that we can evolve. That's why a lot of species, maybe they don't make it because they don't evolve correctly or the reasons can be endless. But one of our reasons is to find solutions, because even when you look at Gabamate, when he also talks about epigenetics, when we look at epigenetics alone, did you know that when you have, for example, an ailment and it was expressed in this lifetime, right? Now, if we do healing work and diet and everything, we apply whatever we need to for that ailment to be healed, what's actually happening is that ailment is switched off. The expression of it is switched off. Now, in order for that ailment to actually be healed, in the imprint of the DNA, 
it has to stay switched off for at least 100 to 200 years. Now you understand why it's so critical to have a solution for the problem and to continue to pass that solution down. Hence why sometimes people can go, well, I have this ailment and it's like, well, we, we, we can't find this issue for five generations back. Why would it happen now? Okay, great. Well, maybe the solution was in place for a while, but it wasn't strong enough. And that small little weakness that was in the solution that was passed down was perhaps now magnified, magnified, magnified over time. And it caused the element to be expressed again. So we're transmuting it for future generations from our body to their bodies so that they don't experience it again. Wow. Correct. That's kind of what we really want because that's, that's one of the best ways that we can ensure a healthy future generation. Yes. You know, so it's, it's everything that you do, everything that you think, even your thought patterns, your habits are important because all this gets passed down. And even if you don't have children, because people think, well, I don't want to have kids, so I'm, I'm off the hook, right? Well, no, you're not. <laughs> you're absolutely not. Why? Because we have a collective consciousness for yeah. each family DNA lineage. So whatever you do, it gets stored there. And we plug into that grid when yeah. we are born. So your future generation is going to be birthed into that, whether it's a sibling that you have. And then people go like, well, I don't have any siblings. Well, sorry, you don't know what your parents did. No, it's a joke. It's a joke. I'm joking. <laughs> no, but we have relationships and we are related to so many people that we don't even yes. know. Yes, right? absolutely. Sees as well, like your, your distant, distant cousin or God knows, I don't know what. But either way, you are contributing to either the problem or the solution of your future generation. So anyone yeah. out there who feels that they don't have a purpose, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and does this transmute also to just even past your ancestors, but to collective consciousness in and of itself? That's what I just said. Exactly. Like your, okay, your, your ancestry yeah. has a collective yeah. consciousness. And this collective consciousness is connected to a broader picture and yes. world. I mean, it's not just this isolated. Yes. So it's for all humans then. Exactly. Wow. Anything that has a heartbeat with an electromagnetic field and with the brain that can think, work on it. Oh, wow. I mean, did, I mean, even when you just look at if one person out of a hundred in say 50 states meditated every day, it can actually have a psychological impact. There's a 25 to 30% chance that it can have a psychological impact on the well-being, of course, in the positive way of their surroundings of these 50 states. These are studies that have been done. It is incredible. The power that we have and something as simple as meditating. No one's asking you to do trauma work, like just meditating. Like that's incredible, isn't it? It's a powerful. Exactly. Exactly. So, so coming to your next book series, how did we go from this like super serious, like, let's look at all of the emotional patterns and like a, all the medical ailments and things, which feels super serious. I mean, it's like this, like a multidimensional medical anatomy book that at the same time is talking about trauma and emotions. How did we go from that to unfuck your life? <laughs> I know, right? This was insane. So back in 2000, I think 2016, I got the domain for unfuckyourlife.com. And I, 
And I froze and I'm like, no, I can't do this. No, this is just no women shouldn't swear. Like, first of all, like it's not feminine and all these things, all these conditionings started to come up and I'm just like, ah, okay. So I parked it. Like I parked the idea and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to leave this. And then, you know, last year, last year in, it was September, September, it really started. Like it really got bad for me where I would wake up and I'm like, I'm not happy. That spark in my heart is gone. What am I doing wrong? I love what I do. I love people. I love my work. I live and breathe this. Like, I don't know who I am without this. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but you know, it's like, I, I just, I love it so much. And the content and the work that I'm putting in, but my heart just didn't relate to what I was doing anymore. Okay. And I went through, I spiraled. I absolutely spiraled. I remember I said to my husband, I said to him, I don't know what's going on, but something, something is just not right. I, I, I'm spiraling and I'm so unhappy and I'm doing mad on myself and it's not shifting. And I realized that it was not a trauma that was coming up. It was not something that I needed to heal. It's something that I needed to do. And this is where, so I have one guide. I have several, but there's one guide that I don't know if you guys ever, if you have, you seen the big bang theory? Yeah. Okay. So Sheldon, right? He, th this guy is exactly like Sheldon, you know, there's not really a lot of emotions and he's just a bit like, he's a bit more like this sciencey guy. So when I design new events or I design techniques or, you know, right, it's normally this one that's with me. That's like, so practical, so easy, so practical because sometimes spirit guys can get a bit emotional. You know, they also yeah, have yeah. their own baggage and stuff. They're not, I wouldn't call okay. them a hundred Depends who you're connecting to as well, right? So, I mean, there's so there's such a big variety of them out there. And he just sat there and he's like, isn't it like sad that you're just sulking there like that? And like, why don't we just find a solution? You're Mrs. Problem Solver. Why are you just sulking there like that? And now I'm getting angry because I'm like, I'm not sulking. Like, if I had the answer, I would have done it. He said, what if you missed the vital aspect of what happened a few years ago when we kind of like knocked you a bit and said, why don't you explore this other side to you? You are a very diverse person was the message. You are a diverse person. And here I am trying to box myself into just this one direction. I love to laugh. I sometimes swear a lot, believe it or not, even in my classes, like I drop the F-bomb quite a lot sometimes, but in a funny way, you know, and he's like, you are neglecting a part of your personality. It's you, Yvette. You need to bring you back into the picture because you're living a half life. It's like, and I'm like, how do I integrate this into this that I just established? Like, how do you even blend the two together? And he's like, it's not about blending them together. Let them coexist and let them also exist separately. But this is an expression of you. And if people attack that, if people put it down, then it means that they can't accept you for who you are and be okay with that. Be okay with that because he and, and my guide said to me he said there's people out there right? he's like you want to help people right i'm like yeah that's what i'm doing he's like okay great because there's people out there that can't receive your message because they vibrate differently they don't yes. speak your language what yes. are you going to do with these people why should they be left behind why or not even left behind but why should they be you know not not supported and he made a very valid point and he's like People sometimes digest information that's very serious better when it's delivered in a humorous way. 
Oh, I completely agree with that. And your namaste babes are so hilarious and you're laughing, but then it gets you thinking at the same time and you're like, oh yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's the point. And that's what he said. He's like, let's, let's reach more people. Let's have fun. It's time to play now because COVID was serious. Life has now become too serious. Healing work is too serious. Your work is too serious. You're too serious. Look where you're sitting there in the pile of depression and just, you know, feeling sorry for yourself in your pity party. And like this, he's talking to me and I'm like, okay, so let's turn things around. So, and, and let me tell you, I was scared. I was very scared to release this. You know, I had a bit of a, like a panic on the day and then I canceled. I'm, like, no, no, no. I'm not ready to go live today. We're going to do it the next day. <laughs> and I eventually did. I eventually just took the plunge. And I don't know if you guys have seen this guy, Josiah, the guy with hair He's on Instagram and he inspired me to release my work. I don't know if you've seen this guy on Instagram. He like sings songs, but, and he uses his hand to create the rhythm and he sings songs and it's all about, you know, stop about fucking care what people think and da, 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 da. And he's just doing his thing and he's just like, fuck, fuck, fuck all the way through his songs. And people are bashing him, but people are also praising him because even his songs helped me and it was uplifting to me. And I'm like, this guy is speaking his mind. He's, he's expressing who he is as a person and he's putting it out there and it's okay. People that are so serious about how they're delivering their message. Yeah. And, you know, I can't was count me. the amount of times that I've gone to a YouTube or a documentary and there's great information. I'm so excited to get into it. And they start talking and I'm like, it's like that boring teacher that you just want to turn off. You're like, eh, I can't. <laughs> that's so true so that's what he inspired me he was just like he was one of the few and he and Russell Brand as well like you know he went from being a comedian to this massive spiritual guy and he just did it and I decided you know what I can still be who I am because I am still who I am nothing has changed about me you're just seeing a new side of me that I now feel you know what here I am and it's okay and that's also why Namaste Base was created because the angel is our divine self the part of us that's always trying trying to do the right thing right mm-hmm. and then you have lily that's just not waking up she's the sleepwalker she's just all over the place and this yeah. spirit guide who's trying to help her and it's just like you know it's just not working and i think it resembles also probably how our spirit guides feels with us sometimes because that's kind of what my guides were joking they go like you have to do it like that because that's so what we're going through so i did that and then shadow you know we all have our shadow side we all have what we really think and then what we actually say right two different things and shadow is just unfiltered and then of course me Yvette coming in at the end and just bringing everything together and bringing a neutral message that can help people to kind of like digest the whole process of what just happened and what was just discussed so yeah it's 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 so much fun Oh my gosh. I laugh a lot. It is so creative and so like sassy. And like, I don't know how you come up with those ideas also to have like all these different perspectives on these just like fun topics. Like where where can people check this out, by the way, so they know what we're talking about and they know to to go look at it. Sure. Just go on YouTube. You can actually go to eventvideos.com or just search me Event Rose on YouTube or Namaste Base on uh, YouTube or Instagram. Yeah. Or or eventrose.com because my link tree has everything that you can possibly name. Perfect. And I'm going to put all of these links that we're mentioning in the comment section below, guys. So just go down. It's going to be super easy for you. You can look down and it's all going to be there. (laughs) 
so amazing. So, okay. So how did these topics come about for the Unpluck Your Life series? Like, how did you choose to work on these topics? Talk, talk to me a, a bit about the, a couple of the different books and why they were chosen and why you think it's so important for people to address these specific issues. That is a great question. So first of all, I wanted to write all these books and I wanted to call it Metaphysics of depression, metaphysics of anxiety, like the, or, you know, to kind of like stay on track with where I'm currently at with metaphysical anatomy. And something in me just said, Yvette, you're not going to, people are just not going to read it. It's not attractive. It's not, these are heavy topics. A lot of people don't really want to read about it because they, they want to, you know, get more involved with their coping mechanisms or their, their avoidance patterns. But when something is funny, it pulls you a little bit closer because when something is funny, for me personally, I feel safe. I feel more like, well, it's not that bad then. Okay, well, it's not actually really that threatening, right? Because it's funny. So this is, and, and this is where I started to take all these topics. So every topic that I pick were issues and challenges that I had in my life, right? So I'm not like out there to, to, to coach people or to educate people. I'm sharing. I'm sharing my shit shows. I'm sharing my pain. I'm sharing my solutions. I'm sharing my insights. I'm sharing my aha moments. I'm sharing with you what I Googled and searched and researched myself. And I'm sharing basically my diaries with you, you know? So that's really what I'm doing. And I'm sharing very deep, deep insights. And I brought humor into it because now I can see it differently. Now that the, the pain points have you know decreased drastically, I was able to bring a more fun, humorous approach to it, right? So I, I love, for example, in Unfuck Your Relationships, I love there to talk about, instead of using the word narcissist or abuser, which is just, it for me, it reinforces the, the victim mentality. And we don't want to be victims our whole life. We are victims of circumstances, but we transition out of it as we heal, right? I was a victim too and identified with it for quite a while, but it was not my identity and I had to stop identifying with it. So what I, instead of using the word abuser and gaslighters, I used the word fucktart. Right, because these people are fucked arts, you know. So <laughs> it's just something funny. So when I say the fucked art always needs a lot of attention, and they will do whatever they can to have it, you know. So I refer to them as that as an example. <clears throat> so I just, you know, just using funny words and funny phrases and isms and stuff like that, and. In Unfuck Your Depression, this is one where a lot of people that they love, instead of using the word, so if you struggle with depression, if you are depressed, like I kind of need to use that word a lot in the book to refer to what I'm talking about and the condition itself. But my fear was that now I'm reinforcing that you are depressed, you are this, you are that. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. So instead of saying depressed, I use the word feeling arrested. Depression is the fun police because it kind of like, you know, you're having fun and then the police come and they ruin everything, right? So I, I refer to depression as the fun police. So when you feel arrested by the fun police these are the symptoms that you can feel right so <laughs> i just make it funny like it's more digestible and just relatable in life so yeah and people receive also it really understanding well. it on a deeper level too like when you say the fun police it's like depression is one thing we've heard it a million times and it's like a new way to like digest the what is actually happening within you right exactly, exactly. i love how you phrase that that's beautiful and that's exactly what the intention was yes 
everything that you're reading there of all the books is really just, it's my conundrums. And, and I'm sharing with you my conundrums and my aha moments and my insights and what I learned from my students as well. And just working with people, it's, 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 it's pretty deep. It goes very, very deep, especially on Fuck Your Trauma. Like that book goes golf deep. Like when you look at the cover, it's, it's funny, but when you really get into it, it's like, whoa, this, I didn't expect this, you know? So... <laughs> So guys, I just need to show you how cute and fun are these books. Like the the pictures on them just perfectly show you the vibe <laughs> that Yvette was going for. And it's just like a little hug every time you go to that book, you know, Inst instead of like going to the bookshelf and being like, oh, yeah, we're going to read about depression today. It's like, no, guys, we're going to read about depression today. <laughs> <laughs> how, did, how did you come up with like the vibe of like the, the branding and everything? like that I just find it's like so fun and it makes like the whole thing tied in so perfectly that's a great question so that's a big part of what goes on in my head so this is okay. how I, right this is like how I see the world this is how I feel about things I take it very seriously and I mean with especially with this work with the technique with you know everything we're working with my spirit guides and stuff like that I, I there's a very serious grounded side to me but yeah. sometimes you know and I think also living here in Bali, we have a bit of a more hysteric type of, you know, like imaginations and just flowing with how we feel and what we think. When I look at that guy, for example, on the cover, you know, he looks all awkward and funny, but he's trying. You know, he, he is, is trying. trying. We're all trying. <laughs> exactly. And he's and he's funny and he's awkward, but at least he's trying. He's doing something. And so he this is. is like kind of like the message of that as well. Good on you for at least just trying at least just reading something about what is happening with you and understanding and it kind of like creates a message of like anyone can help themselves it's for all all walks of life but the cover was also meant to be light-hearted it was to show well how do i unfuck the situation that i am in right now you know like how, how do i get this out of my system how do i understand I that it? so much so and it takes the shame out of it too you know it takes like exactly. this like heavy like oh oh my God, I have depression. It's this horrible thing. And it's like, I love how you're bringing that human in and it's like work on it, but it's not the end of the world. And we can look at it and we can figure it out and we do something about it. And we're all going through this instead of having this, like, you know, people, spiritual teachers and things that show up this like infamous label of perfection. And they're like, look, everything is just perfect in my life. And I'm going to tell you what's wrong with you. And it's like, no, like, let's just like be humans about this. Shall we? We're all going through this. Exactly. And I also, wanted to have a cover i love what you said about the shame because i wanted to have a cover where people can sit in public and just not give a shit you know yes. <laughs> that's funny you know you don't feel embarrassed yes. about it it's like you oh know? my god that makes such a huge difference too because if you're just like in like a coffee shop or something and you have like yeah. this book that's all about depression and it's just this huge thing on depression how is that person going to feel in the coffee shop but when it's just like this fun title that's the yeah. It's full of energy. It's like people are, they're going to take them less seriously. And it's like almost not showing up as the victim, as you were saying, it's like showing up as like someone who's doing something about it. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's beautiful that people are taking action. I mean, that should be, and that's why I wanted to create a product that will help people to feel encouraged, you know, to continue to work on themselves, to continue to feel comfortable with who they are. Well, 
So you had trauma, fuck it, so what? You know, we all have, you know? So don't be ashamed about it. It's part of your yes. life and your life is important. You matter. Uh, oh my gosh. I feel like this is where we need to be going in the, you know, in the spiritual world, in the mental health field is like understanding that it's, it's okay that we've been through these things and we've all been through these things because there's so much of this, this kind of energy in these fields that like, you're the one that it's happening to and you're kind of the, the black sheep or the ugly duckling that's over there in the corner. And it's like, no, I'm tired of being the ugly duckling. Hell no. <laughs> Exactly. And you know, the biggest, the biggest stress point also is that we confine our lives based on what we think other people think. The fears that we have, the feedback that we have in the past, and that is what shapes who we become. And I just had this, you know, this pushback against it, but not in a way that was aggressive or offensive to anyone. It was more just, hello world, this is who I am, <laughs> you know? When you're literally saying that you have been through this stuff, that you have dealt with these stuff personally, yeah. right? How can anybody take that personally? That's exactly the thing. And that's why I love it. Because it's like, imagine you're reading someone's diary. You're reading what's going on in someone's yeah. life. Because that's kind of like, how I fucked my depression and my anxiety, you know, my communication and finances and self-esteem and, you know, happiness and all these things that you can possibly think of. And the happiness book is actually quite a big hit. People love that because it's like, I mean, who is not unhappy in some area of their life? It doesn't have to be about all areas, but there's some, it's just so relatable. You know, we've all had little Except bursts. Children. We can learn moment. from children there. <laughs> What's that? I definitely know how to be happier more than agile. Yeah. <laughs> that was the pre before the preconditioning, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So when did these books officially come out and where can people go if they want to get? So they came out in January this year, actually last year, but then we, then we had to like, you know, work a little bit with the, the, the swearing and is this and is that. And <laughs> I really speak my mind in the books because what I speak is not necessarily just my mind, but you're hearing Yvette speak unfiltered, completely yeah. unfiltered. Yeah. And I decided to speak in the book and I, and, I, and I said, how am I going to be presenting myself to the reader? And I decided, you know what? I'm going to pretend that I never, ever did any personal development work or meditation work, or I'm going to pretend that I'm not in a position where people would necessarily look up to me. Who would I be? Because I had to step out of that identity. Yes. You know, yes, yes okay. it's who I am, but it's an aspect of me. And I did mm. that to connect to this other part of me that I haven't really nurtured. So right? relate to you more too, right? It's like bringing us closer. Exactly. So what I did was now I'm going to speak to you as the reader, because in the book, I talk directly at the reader. Like I talk to them. It's like we're having a conversation. And that's what I wanted to have because I'm relating with you. I'm, I'm sharing my story with you. Right. So and my autobiography also is exactly the same concept. People feel like I'm actually talking directly to them. And I said, how would I sound? Who would I be? How would I communicate myself? If I was just this other event, this event that I have neglected, the event that I've always been, but I overshadowed her because I thought I have to be a certain way. And I think being here in Bali knocked it right out of me because here people think that they have to act and behave a certain way to fit into different groups of spirituality, you know, speak the light language and it's this and it's that. And I'm like, people come here to find themselves, but just to lose themselves even more. 
And I, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Yvette needs to find Yvette. And this was a huge wake up awakening for me. And this is where I actually found this part. And so, yeah, I, I talk to people like the event that I have neglected. And it's a relatable event because it's an event that can say, well, I screwed that up big time. I made this mistake and it was such a mess, but this is how, what I did to try and start to correct it. Here's how I had my pity party. There I had my breakdown. You know, it's just like, it's life. Why hide it? There's no point in hiding it. People who hide it, they're the ones that I'm scared of because they project a portray a picture that's not realistic. It's just not. I'm sorry. Exactly. Exactly. And as you said, you know, when somebody picks this up and they get the feeling in the book and they're getting the message from you, it's okay to be going through this. And like you're, you know, there's nothing wrong with you that you're going through this. Let's talk about it. You know, let's sit down and talk about it for a second. Exactly. And they want to feel comfortable to dive into their symptoms and to relate to that and not see it as a diagnosis, but to say, wow, I can relate to what Yvette felt that day. I can relate to what she wrote there. Like, wow, I'm really seeing a lot of me in this and wow it's okay I'm, I'm i am not alone that's one of the main messages is to help to people to not feel so isolated in their distress because sometimes when we feel distressed we think no one's going to understand it people people are not going to be able to relate maybe there's something wrong with me and that feeling of isolation just causes people to spiral even more so that book is there to show there's nothing wrong with you we all have really awkward moments and you know negative thoughts and you know thinking bad things and saying even the story goes on and on and on but you get my point right <laughs> yes we need to take down these messages the society is giving us because it's taking us away from ourselves our healing journey and being our true us you know and this is all about coming back home so last year i came back home and i'm gonna stay and this event's gonna dance the dance with my entire personality in its entirety and i'm just gonna bring these two together because that's who i am i can't butcher my identity anymore because of what people expect to see of me and a lot of people will like i said they will be offended like the unfollows you know they were a bit unfollows that started and i said you know what i bless you because thank you for leaving and thank you for stopping holding me onto this pedestal that i don't want to be on anymore because when people leave like that it, it gives me room to breathe to be who i need to be unjudged because if i can't perceive myself then how can I allow other people to receive me? And the fact that I received myself and I accept myself as I am not apologizing for it because my behavior is in a way that is respectful to people and it's not causing harm. It's causing actually a wave of more support that I'm trying to open up and create. And if people can't understand it from that perspective, then we don't align. And that is okay. There's nothing wrong with the situation. It's okay. But, you know, question the reality and the way that they look at things. And if they can't do that, then that's not the person you're going to touch, right? Then it's true what you said. Because the reason also why we feel so disappointed in life and why we have all these emotional upheavals is because our expectations are not met. And our expectations are normally based on what we assume something or someone 
is. That's a story that we made up. And I do it too sometimes when I see public figures. You know, you think that they are a certain way because they project themselves a certain way. You don't see anything else. So there's nothing else to make a judgment call based on. So we all build people onto these pedestals. And when they don't meet those standards at some point, it creates a feeling of disappointment in us when they, people would say, oh, you really disappointed me. I didn't expect that from you. And I'm like, well, where are you even coming from? You know, this is now a reality that you created that I don't even know of and I'm not fitting into it. But now I disappointed someone else based on a reality that they created for me. Right. And this is why we have to learn to follow each other, support each other, see each other, regardless of where we are in our lives and leave space open for people to change, to shift, to sometimes surprise us and for them to just be who they are because these confined perspectives and, and views that we have, we're suffocating each other with it. And it's happening in relationships. It's happening in friendships. It's happening in careers. It's not just in this example that I'm using right now because sometimes, and here's the reason why, we feel safe with seeing someone a certain way because it allows us to feel a certain positive emotion. And then we associate that person and that behavior with that emotion. And if they can't step up to that anymore, it disrupts the safety that we felt with them. And that is the safety that's shaking us up inside because of past traumas that we had with feeling unsafe with other people. And so now innocent people is getting the beating for something that happened to someone else in their life in the past. Right. This is and this is normally why you get these toxic relationships as well. People don't want the partner to change because if you change, you're changing the happiness and the safety and the stability that I felt with you. So it's not even about the person changing. It's all about the person who doesn't want the other person to change. So when people walk away from me, it's not about me. And I'm sharing this message because I think and I feel it's so powerful and so important for everyone else out there that feels frozen, that feels like I can't be who I am. I, I can't be me because if I try to change, people will either try to manipulate me or say bad things to me or sabotage me. Well, sorry, it's not about you. It's about them having a benefit in you being a certain way and they can't accept the transition. I want people in my life where we can hold the space for each other to transition. We are meant to transition in this life. We are meant to heal in this life. We're meant to, to change and to, you know, to break the barriers of, of what we are used to and so conditioned into. We're meant to find solutions to pass on to our future generations. Don't we want to build a powerful future? And the way to do that is to start with us, with the dynamics that we have with each other right now. So for me, this is a lot more than just unfuck your life and a woman swearing, right? I mean, who cares? Oh, a woman shouldn't swear. I'm like, oh, well, sorry to hear about your definition, but keep it right there with you, right? <laughs> because it's not, it ain't coming into this head. It's not, it's not part of my reality, but I respect what you have, you know? So it's just kind of like, don't accept what people project onto you, especially if they go, yeah, but this, yeah, but that. Of course, people can give good advice. I understand that. And it's not about rejecting advice. It's not about rejecting positive criticism. But God, when people start to behave in a way that makes you feel, I'm, I don't feel safe or comfortable to become who I am or to express a part of my personality in that if I express it, it's done in a way that's respectful, kind, loving, and not to intimidate or to provoke or to harm or to hurt. Well, shit. People need to sit down and shut up, you know, yes. be who you are. Yes. 
Let this crowd that you think is going to have something to say, let them sit down. And if they do say something and if they do reject, then, well, thank you for standing up and showing me where, where's the toxic spots because I was blind to it. People seem, because we hate rejection. Rejection triggers the fear of dying and seek the response. I don't think you knew that. Did you know that? I talk a lot about okay. this in my teachings. And here is why. Because from our ancestors, they lived together in communities, right? So they relied on each other for survival. And if one person was rejected out of a community, well, shit, now you have to find water. You have to find a roof over your head. You have to find food on your own. Your chances of survival have decreased tremendously. That's why trauma, rejection, yeah, it's ancestral trauma, but it directly affects the survival response in the biology of the body. That's why when people have a fear of rejection, the behavior can be very irrational. They'll do anything to not be rejected. That's why it can be anticipating rejection in advance all the time is because it's like literally a life or death thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like getting close to a cliff or an edge. It's like, you're not going to feel cool about it. That's exactly what it is. But look how real it feels. But look at the psychological illusion that it also is. Yeah. Okay. This is where I'm saying how powerful the consciousness of the body is because these feelings feel so real. Yes. And it's trying to warn you. But it's, it's firing off and wired based on all patterns that we don't need anymore. We so don't need catch themselves anticipating rejection, what should they do? How do they take it into a different way? That's a great question. So I think for me, where I had that fear of rejection, and this is a simple exercise and I love it and I do it to this day. I kid you not. I actually write down the downside of being rejected. And for each problem, I write down next to it three solutions. Because we spiral. Why? Because we don't have a solution to the problem or we perceive that we don't have a solution to the problem. We don't feel resourceful in that moment. That is why we start to feel I'm, I'm losing control. I'm this, I'm that. And it's because we don't feel resourceful. So create the solutions, write it down. What is the worst thing about it? How do you feel? What is the solution to that? What is the solution to that? And the moment when you just see the solutions on that piece of paper, a lot of people shift instantly because now I have nothing to fear. I have solutions and you'll feel it's not a psychological feeling. It's a visceral feeling. You'll feel it through the body. You'll feel, wow, now I feel solid. Now I feel strong. Now I don't feel so stressed anymore. And the nervous system is calming down because it's now in a state of resourcefulness. So this is why when people get like broken up with or even they're anticipating somebody not sticking around in their life, it really feels like it's like the end of their life. It feels like their whole life is just going to end in that moment. Exactly. Exactly. And also another tip for that, another tip for that that's powerful. What did that person emotionally give you Mm. that you could not feel or have on your own without them? The answer to that, heal it. Because that's the hook. That's so the hook. You, you would then go look for how you could get that in different ways without them as well? or Correct. It can okay. manifest then in different ways through work, career, uh, friendships, anything. Anything. Yeah. And sometimes it's so sneaky that we don't realize it because that need that they met is still unmet. Yeah. So what's going to happen yeah. with it? Yeah. yeah. We want it fulfilled again, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. But they can't take away what they already did for you. So there you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So there's still a lot of beauty in the growth that came from it. But the reason why it can be struggling, like why it can be hard, is because there's that longing. So if we take away and we heal the longing, now we become more powerful. So now we can take the good memories with us and we can feel more stable within ourselves and not think that this person's walking away with something that we want or value, right? Okay, so I have a question coming back to emotions. So when we talk about psychosomatics, what is happening with these sensations in our body? What actually is that? Like when you feel a certain emotion and it's literally physical as if it's a part of your body, like what, what's going on there and why, why are the emotions doing this? What, how does it serve us? That is such a great question. So first of all, emotions is the GPS of the body. Oh, there we go. Imagine like Google Google Maps on your phone, right? We need it. Yeah. It tells us where to go, what to do, what not to do. So emotions mm -hmm. are exactly the same. But now sometimes they're negative and we don't like to feel them. So what do we do? We suppress them. Imagine you wipe out the Google app on your phone and you say, oh, but I want to go to Ashland, Canada. Um, oh, how do I go there? This is going to be a little bit hard. Now life gets tough. Now life gets unnecessarily hard. And it's because we don't listen. We don't have the terrible direction. This is a very bad idea, guys. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just, a, it's like a fun analogy, right? So now we have these emotions and we are, we are wired to focus more on negative emotions. And so now what happens is when we have these negative emotions coming up, it spirals because we have at least 90,000 thoughts roughly per day and 70,000 roughly thoughts of that is repeated the next day. And so of course, because we focus on the negative side, that means the predominant negative thoughts is going to be transferred to the next day as well. So we have conscious and subconscious, the repeat of negative thoughts again and again and again. And then we have these thoughts and then we have emotional reactions to them as well. Just because you are not necessarily consciously aware of a thought that you have or a subconscious memory coming up that you don't remember, which has been stimulated by your environment, your subconscious mind is reacting to that memory biochemically through the body. Hence why you feel anxious and you have no idea why. Anxiety are multiple subconscious memories that's triggered and you don't have conscious cognitive recollection what these memories are. So now the body's dealing with a lot of memories where solutions were not found for, and it's creating a state of panic in the body. That's anxiety. That is why anxiety is such a pain in the ass to also address because so many things are happening. We're like, where do we even start? Right. Yeah. And that's yeah. when the body's in that state of panic, it gets worse because it stays in a state of unresourcefulness and the body's like, well, I don't have a solution. Panic, panic, panic. Oh shit. But we still don't have a solution. Panic, panic, panic. And then the cortisol runs. Now a stress hormonal cycle runs, right? And now what happens is it takes 20 minutes for the stress hormonal cycle to calm down. Now, if you stay in a state of anxiety and panic, we don't calm down. The cortisol keeps running. And after 20 minutes, it doesn't reset. It just keeps running. Nervous system is flooded 
with cortisol and adrenaline. Your adrenals is like, alert, alert, SOS, like it's too much. And then the gut gets affected. The immune system gets affected because it becomes drained from all this stress, from the fight or flight response. It takes a lot of energy to be in that state. Now what also happens is on top of that, we have what's called the RAS, the reticular activating system. Now here comes the problem because this RAS focuses on what you focus on. So if you're in a state of panic or distress or you have negative thoughts, that is what you align with. That is what you see. You don't see the happy people or the beauty or the amazing things that's going on in your life. You don't see it. I mean, listen, guys, everyone here right now, put in the comments bar, if you can relate, if you've ever had a really shitty day and you're angry and you feel depressed and you feel down, have you noticed that the day, the day itself, the vibe, just feels really down. You don't notice people that are happy. You don't notice how beautiful maybe the sun is. You don't notice how this beautiful butterfly just flew past you because you couldn't care less, right? Like when you're super happy, have you noticed how beautiful everyone else looks? You just want to hug people. You notice people smiling and laughing and it's just, it's beautiful. You see the trees. Wow, it's so green because now we can filter it in because the RAS is allowing that to come in. Right. So now the RIS is another culprit in this as well, because if our negative thoughts and emotions stays locked in, the RIS is going to reflect that in your reality. That's why for me, I force myself sometimes when I feel really down, I look and then I wrote about this and I think I fuck your depression. And I wrote there and the thing that I do to this day is I look at a tree and I find a leaf and I look at the leaf moving and I'm thinking, How powerful and amazing is it that in this moment right now, I'm witnessing something moving in a way that is never going to be repeated ever the same way. What a magnificent moment right now. And then I look for something else that I can see where I'm witnessing something happening that's never going to repeat it. Like I witnessed beautiful magic in time in that moment. And this helps me to bring me back, right? Slowly, 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 it brings me back. So you're getting outside of that paradigm that was blinding you. That's why I force myself. And I do, the first thing I do is I look at nature, animals, birds, leaves, anything that can move or create something. Yeah, I stay away from people because sometimes we have negative associations with people. But yeah, that personally works for me. And I share that and I tell people, hey, why didn't you try that too? So coming back to what I was saying about the RAS, right? So now we're locked into these several negative loops. The nervous system is pissed off. It's it's really upset. It's on the physical body. No wonder it's turning into illness. Exactly. So that's where it's going to come in now. So now the nervous system is not regulating itself. It's not finding its place place of safety because the autonomic nervous system needs to shake off the nervous energy and it's not right so now it stays there and the body's just like ah, you know and now what happens is we have emotions and instinctive responses they fire together and that means they wire together i talk a lot about this in mat level one now what happens is these memories with emotions and instinctive response are both being triggered right so now we have the fight or flight reacting and we have the emotions coming up connected to that we have the memories we have the negative thoughts and now because of our ancestors over time they also experience a lot of emotions and certain emotions that would run through the body to the vagus nerve through the nerves because emotions are transferred through that 
and also the fascia or the fascia, depending on where you are in the world. I'm entertaining both accents. <laughs> so all of this, and that's how emotions are sent through the body. It's through the nervous system, the nerves and everything that comes through that. So just to give you a quick example, I'll, I'll, I'll do the example in a minute because you're going to love this, Ashley. Your people are going to love this. Just quickly before I give the example, just to come back to the emotions. There are certain emotions that become congregated in certain areas of the body, like the kidneys, the organs. They all have their own personality with certain emotions connected to that, right? Based on the job that they also have. That's why certain emotions can be come stuck, right? They can become stuck in these areas. And when this emotion stuck, it's normally negative emotions. Now, the platform of the biology of the body is meant to be harmonious. And each organ has a frequency that perfectly aligns with the natural platform and harmony of the body. That's how the body is designed. Now, emotions disrupts this harmonious flow. And the moment there's a disruption in this flow and communication between the nerves, that's where cellular malfunction starts because of the disruption in the flow and which communicate, which disrupts the communication of the nerves. That's the power of emotions. That's why when you get really upset or you get very stressed, sometimes you have a headache, right? You get upset and like, whoa, like I have a headache or my back starts to ache. Oh, my stomach is really upset. Like that's emotions. That's what they do. Now, the reason why this happens is because our focus is consciously or subconsciously connected to these negative emotions, which means it locks it in place. Now I'm going to show you how powerful your intention is. Let's say you are thinking that you're angry the whole time. That anger is going to go to the areas of the body that is affected by anger more so than other areas, right? Now we think we're angry, but no, 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 we're suppressing it because I'm busy doing something else. But subconsciously, the focus is still with the anger, which means it's locking it in place. Just because you're consciously not aware of it doesn't mean it's not happening. Yes. Now I'm going to show you the power of your awareness and attention. So, Ash, I would love you to bring up your left hand. <laughs> bring up your left hand. All right. So now we're going to have fun. Okay. And so for anyone else watching here with us, you can have your hand up like this, or you can actually look at your hand, whatever is most comfortable for you. So now bring your full focus and awareness to the palm of your hand right here to the front. Yes, yeah, so you can look at your hand. Bring your full focus and awareness to the palm of your hand. And that's all that you're going to do now. You're not thinking of anything, nothing. You're, it's just that your awareness is now there. And imagine this awareness can now be like a fleeting thought that you might have had during the day. This is now the metaphor, the example to, to help you to understand the full picture at the end. So as you're doing this, you might notice a tingling or a buzzing or something is happening there with the hand that a sensation that wasn't there before we started. It's what are you feeling? Vibrating. It's like vibrating. Yeah, really very shaking. good. I can also feel like all of like my veins like pumping blood through it and all of this. Beautiful. That's your nerves responding to where your awareness is. Now, bring up your right hand. Keep your left hand there. Bring up the right hand. So now, everyone, we're going to shift our full focus and awareness from the left hand to the right hand, but keep the left hand up. So let's do that now. You're not thinking of anything specific. Your full focus and awareness is on the right hand palm. Interesting. I feel it more in my fingers this time. Cool. But you feel it tingling. You feel something else is happening. It's like something is happening that wasn't happening earlier. Yes. Right? There's something different. Yes. 
And some of you might feel responding to my focus. Exactly. And some of you might feel a cord between your hands, right? So now you can put your hands down. So now look what just happened. You didn't even think of an emotion or anything, but look how your hand became activated by just an intention, by just an intention and a focused thought on nothingness. Now imagine that focus and intention and thought is felt through an emotion. That same intensity that you felt in your hand, that emotion, that, that, that congestion of energy moves and it becomes stuck in the area of your body that relates to that emotion. Now here you could actually feel the impact of that. Yeah. Your body has to deal with that on a daily basis wow. with our mixture of emotions. Just to give you an example, now imagine now also the subconscious memories that you have that is also now negative or intense. Like we think of it now, because remember here you actually had a focused intention. This yeah. was just to show you how you can control it. Yes. But there are moments where we cannot control it. And that's through a, a thought, through a negative memory, and the body's reacting, the heart's beating, we feel stress, and now the back hurts, and now I feel discomfort here. And sometimes we don't even feel it. Why? Because we're so disconnected from the body. We don't feel safe to feel. I mean, people ask the last time, time someone like, pissed you off, just try to stop thinking about it, right? Like, just try. <laughs> and that's why you know, people don't like to feel. We don't yeah. like to feel, but we, 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 that's the very thing that we need to understand where do we need to navigate ourselves to? Whether it's yeah. relationships, healing, life, career, yeah. everything. It's like we move forward, but that feeling state is on the back burner and it's running through the body. And like you can you can put your focus here or there, but it's going on. Exactly. So that's basically in short how this works. But I talk a lot about this in the intuitive body workshop as well, because that's like a one day workshop where I explain to people how to read the messages in the body. And then in Mac level one, it's like, what do we do with the messages? I'm like, okay, I got you. That's where in Mac level one, now we're going to shift it because we work with this exact same concept that I just taught you with the hands of learning how to manipulate in a constructive, healthy way, our focus and awareness to bring change in the body, because it's a powerful ability that we have. I didn't have to tell you what awareness and focus is. You just did it. Yes. And everyone else here just did it with us. And I didn't have to explain to you something that is, that is your God-given gift. Pretty cool. It's super cool. And then, okay, so with the emotions coming back to, okay, so there's certain like things where there's illnesses and stuff where things are happening in your physical environment. So is that us getting attracted to the emotional cause that's already congested in our body, but in the physical world? Because that's where our focus is. That's a possibility. Absolutely. Because what can happen is say, for example, several things are happening. So when yeah. we have a certain emotion, right, yeah. that is connected to an ailment, but it's, and here's the catch it's not just emotions. And that's why I wrote this book patterns. It's okay. all about patterns. So if you have the perfect emotional pattern and it's connected to a certain ailment, then yes, it can exasperate the possibility of that surfacing in the body. But now what it also does is it aligns you to the collective consciousness of that ailment as well. 
Yes. Okay. So it reinforces it in the biology of the body through the ancestral DNA lineage, but it also connects us to a different field of the collective consciousness of that ailment. Why? Because so many people experience that ailment that there is a collective consciousness for that ailment. This is how a lot of people can actually create a God. People can create, we can create gods, we can create spirit guides, we can create whatever we want and give it an intellectual capacity to support us back. Why and how? When enough people focuses on a certain belief and value, that beliefs and values are congested and it can actually, because of the electromagnetic fields coming together with the atoms, the atoms are then programmed with these people's thoughts, beliefs, values, and abilities and gifts. And it can actually formulate an intelligence that you can tap into separately and apart from you. So to get into a, like a specific thing quickly to give people a little taste, what is like a, a short little take on scoliosis that you can give us? Because I find it such an interesting one. I love that was a good question. So now, first of all, scoliosis is when we have the spine, you know, and it's curved. Now what happens is there's a part of you that is going through a conscious or subconscious awakening. And yes, we can have a subconscious awakening, meaning you feel pulled to something, but you you're not consciously necessarily realizing, oh, that's what I want to do. Yes, I'm going to do it. I'm making all the decisions. I'm taking all the actions. It's more just like a gut feeling. You just know, but you're not quite sure what to do, right? We've all been there. I can relate to. And so now it's like you're having an awakening of being pulled into a certain area of your life to move into a different direction. But there's a subconscious part of you that's scared of moving away from what you know. And that normally can be your family, family values, feeling held back by someone who's maybe not necessarily supporting you as much as you would like them to. So, for example, imagine like the classic lawyer who now wants to become a spiritual teacher, right? Oh, yeah. And the family is like all doctors and lawyers and they're like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like that can create... Yeah. Because you feel pulled in one direction where your heart wants to go and another part of you wants to belong, right? That has a fear of not belonging and feeling pulled between these two polarities. Now, normally this also starts actually in the womb. So now you need to look at how did your mom feel while she was pregnant with you? Where in her life did she feel pulled between two different aspects of her life? So keep that in mind. And if this is inherited, look at mom's mom or dad's mom. Where could she have felt pulled into different areas of direction. But now it also depends whether the DNA in the mitochondria belongs to mom or dad. That's how we will accurately know more. So which side of the DNA lineage to go to. But if you don't know, then just explore both and see which one resonates the most. But how do we do that? We play, we have fun. We pretend that we can talk to that DNA lineage era because it will communicate. It's pretty fun. Oh, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that helps like a short version of it <laughs> yeah no perfect thank you i mean i just wanted to to bring one creative thing in there so people can get an idea of what we're talking about with the metaphysical anatomy and give them like a little taste of what they can kind of like expect to look at when we're talking about these physical ailments so in the in the metaphysical anatomy volume one is where you kind of like 
just give like a list of the patterns and then volume two you get into like how to deal with those patterns and to look at them like more closely right that is correct yes so that's kind of like the research of the technique that i share okay okay and then if you want to go even further with that then you have to get into the technique itself and how can people do that if they i want to actually try this technique out and help themselves move through the whole process so normally the live event is best because the technique is very powerful yeah yeah so what i what i actually also have is the mac free membership site so i have several options here so i have the matmembers.com site so that's a free site and if you go in there you can register for free you can go to the courses section and look for the emotional guided healing session there i talk you through a guided process where you can really dive into this book like so if you have the answers that you were looking for even if you don't have the answers that session is fantastic people will absolutely love it you're going to have huge breakthroughs there and if you feel you want to have more then of course you can join the intuitive body workshop which is a one-day workshop learn how to read the body like a book understand the body the the history the research behind it and a cool process. And if you feel you want more, then you can do the Mac level one technique because there I teach people how to work with emotions and instinct to regulate the, you know, the nervous system, how to work with pain and, you know, all these other aspects that we have and soul copying because we have a lot of problems in our lives that don't belong to us. That's not inherited, but copied from other people. Like I had, I will never forget Life crushing too. It is. I had, I will never forget this. I had a live demonstration that's actually on my YouTube channel that was in Berlin and this lady that had chronic anxiety and we sat there and I'm thinking, whoa, this is going to be a big one to, to do a live demonstration on. I was like, whoa, because anxiety is a tough one because it's multiple issues coming together. And I sat there and in the first 15 minutes, we realized that it was her mom's anxiety and we cleared her mom's anxiety and boom, the session was over in 15 minutes. Wow. And then they back. Carrying that around. And it was chronic and it never came back. And I'm like, and I'm still in contact with her. I'm like, this is like, it's crazy how other people's stuff can affect us. And so I brought that also into the Mac level one. We work with negative energies, how to get rid of it really fast, really easy. Like there's so much that we do that's really super powerful and helpful for people. And then of course we have Mac level two where we go for five days, like it's straight into the, you know, the womb healing we do, you know, pain, addictions, you know, trauma, even deeper. Like it's, we were actually work with different parts of the brain, how to rewire, how to rewire the nervous system. It's pretty cool. So it really depends where people are at in their life and what they feel they really resonate with. Yeah. But the whole list of things that's probably easiest is just at eventrose.com and just see all the options there that you have and just go, what do I feel drawn to, you know? Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Eva. It has been such a pleasure and it is just incredible to learn all about your work and the different books that you have going on. Remember, Ash, also remember the alchemy of your purpose. Yes, please give people a short little introduction to what this is all about. <laughs> I'm excited. Yes. So, yeah, it's just a wonderful, powerful course about anyone who's feeling disconnected from their purpose. You're going to find it there. So it's all about understanding the body's purpose. That's why I call it alchemy, right? The soul's purpose. And then the body also has a purpose because we have a split duality. So that's very important to remember. And this is where people get stuck and conflicted. What is my purpose? What is out of touch with their purpose? My gosh. 
Yeah. So that's very exciting. So that's what's coming up as well. There's a lot of things, but yeah, we covered everything. <laughs> I think we got it. I think we got it down. Okay. Do you have any last message for our viewers before we go? I do. And I think just to wrap everything up from my experience in my life and yeah, yeah. where I basically did this, right? So I lived a life that I felt or thought was in alignment with me, but rather I created a life that I felt more was in alignment with other people. And yeah. I, I completely neglected me. And so it didn't matter how much I worked on my relationship with myself. I was dealing with the symptoms. I wasn't dealing with the fact that I couldn't hear who I am. And I think this is a very important message for anyone else there who feels conflicted, who feels lost, who feels like, how do I navigate through this? First of all, it's to just learn and understand that what kind of environment, first of all, do you want to have when you, when you step into who it is that you are and create that environment first and then create the change. Because at the end of the day, a lot of us, we try to change when the environment's not healthy. And it will make the change harder. It will make the fear of change even worse. So that is why create your support system, create what you want and need, create the platform and then jump. Incredible. So I do hope that that helps. That's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. And, and, and remember, guys, all of the links that we have spoken about, they're all down below. So take a look at that and it'll be all easy for you guys to find. Bye, everyone. Thank you for watching. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want to find out more about me, you can go to blushheartsblossoming.com. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please follow us for more content. And also feel free to leave a review and write a comment to let me know how you felt about this.